Tariq Abdullah is a chef living his life with purpose to travel, educate the kids, and cook. You may have seen him on ABC's The Taste, Vice, at his Morningstar pop-up, or Midnight Mecca. We discuss his upbringing, his time in Los Angeles, Black and Tan Hall, and his quest to feed the people. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Domo. And I go by the name of Yoshiko. We sit with entrepreneurs and artists across disciplines to share their stories, insight, and gems. Their journey will inspire you to think about community and your own narrative, how it shapes who you are, and what your legacy will be. You're listening to No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. You are listening to No Blueprint. How did your family get to Seattle? My parents met on the east coast and i you know my dad was married yeah my dad was married before he met my mom mm. pre, had a previous marriage mm. so i have a half brother basically but my mom and him they met then i was born hartford connecticut then phoenix little sister second sister was born and then we're in seattle a year or so after that so i've been here since I was, what, roughly three years old? Okay. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. What brought him to Seattle? I think it was all, It was really all about opportunity for the family. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Jobs. Yeah, job opportunity, I think. Housing. I mean, it was a different time. You know, it was, that was a different time. But, you know, Seattle was, there was a point when Seattle was just kind of like this little attraction, like employment hub mm-hmm. attraction. So, um yeah, I think that's what it was. It was I thought it was just, it's kind of like, you know, it was just like a land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Considering what my dad did, you know? So, yeah. yeah. What did your dad do, if you don't mind me asking? My dad was a entrepreneur and very good at what he did. Okay. I have memories of my dad selling cars, my dad selling furniture, my dad working at a jewelry spot. He had his own shoe shine business. I remember just days of like going to Double Tree Inn, hmm. which was like where like a lot of the football players would stay, right? And my dad would have his stand there and the players would come down, get their shoes cleaned up, or they would before they would leave or before they go have their little bite to eat and then they go. My dad had his own sausage out for a while. Played around in stocks for a little bit. I mean, my, my dad was just really good at what he did. You know what I mean? And he was just able to raise a family and do that at the same time. You so, know? serial entrepreneur. Oh, yes. You, I mean, yeah. if you pretty much were, if you're roughly the same age as I am, you are pretty much grew up in that household where, like, dad or the uncle was pretty much... The hustler, you know what I mean? Entrepreneur, you know, if you're that if you're that black kid, you know, you right. definitely know somebody was seriously hustling, you know, and uh, my, that was my dad. He was just good at it. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. What did your what about your mom? My mom just home she well, she home raised, she homeschooled me for a while until, you know, the other siblings were born and they got a little older mm-hmm. and then pretty much when everybody was in school my mom basically was part-time at the house and then part-time uh, a school bus teacher okay. for the Muslim school, which is across the street from uh, Nova. Okay. And they're still there. Yeah. 
Yeah, mom, you know, mom, I'll do her little work off and on, but not that much. My dad was pretty much like the bring home the dollars. I'm not going to say bring home the, you know what, the bake. Nope, I'm not going to say that. Word. Okay. I'm All right. Playing. Bacon, that's what it is. Bacon, not bring home the bacon. Um, no bacon. No bacon. No bacon. No bacon. No, <laughs> no but no, my dad was seriously, that's, you know, my dad pretty much brought, you know, he did, you know, he took care of the house and my mom just took care of the house that's what's up you know? yeah and I know we've, we've spoke bo- spoken before um, so I know that you have roots in Louisiana yeah uh, my mom is from a small town called Newelton the Chase family the only living siblings I have well living right now is I have my grandmother no my yeah my grandma and she's the last of the elders pretty much on my mom's side okay but you know pretty much information right now gathering information right now my little sister's doing a lot of that right now nice um which is really good because you know i get to i get to see she'll send me pictures while i'm working of like look what i found so yeah. random people i'll be like whoa so we're learning a little bit more and That's more like about our family yeah, yeah like a real one like a, a real one you know so there's always one in the family that i'm that yeah that. which is kind of <laughs> crazy and it was uh, the baby girl is the one that yes. is constantly yes. archiving. Yep. You know, she archives for the family. I archive for food. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, speaking of great, and and speaking of food, when did you first fall in love with food? I've always been around food, right? Mm-hmm. In some in some shape or form. But falling in love with food, I will say, was when I got my very first job, mm-hmm. and it was before I got the job. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the job? I walked into this restaurant called Palomino, which is still exists. Oh, downtown. downtown. <laughs> I walked in. I was just amazed by everything that was going on. Like it was, it, it, you know, they had, you know, they got the the rotisserie going. They got the bread station. You know, they got open kitchen so people can watch you while you're a cook and you know once in a while the cooks will like wave to the kids or say hi to the guests you know and i was just like whoa i, I kind of wanted to do this mm. you know and I, I applied i met the chef chef nile shout out to chef nile yeah i got the job and it just showed me a totally different look on what food was you know i was like oh now this is what food looks like on a big on a bigger scale production scale Mm. so yeah okay how old were you at the time 18 okay fresh out of high school roughly just about just about to get out of high school what high school i went to ingram high school ingram class of 1991 okay so you were bust I was, bu- well, bus and dropped off because okay. um, we didn't live that far. At that time, I was living in the North End. I was I was right caught in the middle, basically on the borderline of either going to Ingram or going to Nathan Hale. Okay. So I could bus, bike, get a ride home either way. So it was like a combination of that. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Is there anything that you learned while you were there that you still hold on to now oh i'm gonna tell you this right now Uh, like working there was 
was really learned it was it was basically cooking 101 learn you know it was really like this is how you make stocks this is how you make this is how you do sauces this is how you blanch pasta and learning how to brine and and basting and you know it was all it was all the basics that i needed to learn in order to move around in the kitchen and in order for me if i wanted to move forward i need to learn these tools mm -hmm. it was just really it was it was a really good learning lesson to a point to where i stayed with them long enough that allowed me to transfer to la with that so it was good it was good and i i, I knew i wanted more too i knew that after a couple years with them i was like okay what's next you yeah. know like like seriously what's next so i remember taking a job at the w hotel at the time mm. they had a chef there john sunstrom he was actually food and wine chef of the year i took a job working there doing graveyard shift and then working at palomino during the day so i was crazy I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it in i'm learning and wait I'm learning. simultaneously palomino during the day the W at night. I knew I wanted to learn more. Yeah. And so I got a job at the W Hotel and that was cool. And that was a that was really different. Like this was like hotel like hotel production compared to restaurant production. Two mm -hmm. totally different things. Mm -hmm. And it's graveyard. So I'm going in at ten PM basically to deal with the last run of happy hour. Uh. You know, people coming in, hanging out, you know partying so two hours of that and then after that it's all room service that's what i was just about to say yeah so it's room service so there's a i mean honestly you're in there by yourself prepping for breakfast you know cracking a lot of eggs dicing a lot of fruit and you know with random orders here and there. Oh, I remember steamed edamame with salt. I, I remember too. Oh man, uh, you know, like there was just that. There was just, and it was a, you know, you're by yourself. Yeah. So it's just quiet. You know, I think. Is there anything that? Oh yeah, the one thing that stands out was working one night. Yeah. Janet Jackson was just happened to be. I think was staying at the hotel that night. What? Yeah. Yeah, the W have. They don't. They, they have. have like this really like you know. Yeah. You think Huge they're with? Glendale. That they call themselves a W because really they are the W government security agency. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it's so like, you know, suits and little wireless mics and mm -hmm. earbuds and you know everything's very very discreet. And I remember we had. I remember. I, I think I made her some fruit and something else. They took it up to her room. You know, but it's just you never knew. You never knew that. Like it was just so quiet. Listen. You know, so like Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson, what? Janet Jackson. I was like, <laughs> can, can I, I do it? Can I get right. an autograph? Can, can I get like a little fist bump? Like, hey, <laughs> Janet J. Day, I got your phone. Eighteen forty one, baby. Right. <laughs> Why Los Angeles? <laughs> okay, so a really close friend of mine, he's an actor talented brother was like you know i'm going back to new york for a little bit to go you know see what's up about acting i'm like all right cool he came back and he was like i'm gonna go down to la i'm like all right and he's like you should think about going and i'm like uh, i don't know he called me up and he was like yo 
I'm, I'm gonna make my decision of either New York or LA and wherever I end up that's where I'm going I was like okay so wherever he ended up he chose LA and I was like great this was good because I, I felt like I really needed to learn more and I felt like at that time Seattle was just different at that time for food mm. and why not go to LA you know so I packed my bags threw my stuff in a U-Haul drove down moved into uh, with my homeboy for a while and LA was good LA but I mean I had a plan you know I I really did have a plan my plan was to get better at cooking teach kids cooking and travel and literally did all three of those things yeah what year was this in LA 99 2000 right yeah roughly about 2001 2003 that's when I pretty much got settled in with where I was living and this guy got my first teaching job with the kiddos, Robertson Community Center. I should have brought my photo album. Mm. I was just okay. looking at it. I just pulled it out of the storage. I decided to just pull it out just to look at wondering what all those little little black kids are doing right now. You know? I saw a picture of a cookbook. Yeah. The cookbook, the famous little cookbook. That was fun times. I read somewhere that you were a chef. For Kanye. Oh my goodness, that was a quick stint, man. Okay. Real talk. This is pretty much how it was went. This is how it went. I was a I was a sous chef at a restaurant called Luna Park. Okay. Really good restaurant, just a few blocks away from the house, so I could just walk to work or bike to work. It was great. And right around the corner on Pico Boulevard, there's Roscoe's, the original Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. There's my homeboy Three Thirty Third. It's a record shop I met. There okay. was a gym and that famous liquor store that was in Minnesota Society. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? I know you, exactly. The, what, what I'm talking about from I that exactly scene. exactly what you're talking about. From that scene, right? Yes. So I'm yeah. right around the corner. So, you know, <laughs> that liquor that, that liquor store in my house is right here. The one and that O'Donnell robbed. Yes. Okay. And mind you, mind you, this neighborhood is pretty nice. But mind you, this is the exact same neighborhood that was pretty much burnt to the ground LA from riots. The, for, from the from the riots, yeah. right? So this neighborhood is still in the process of like rebuilding. Rebuilding, right? Um and so but there was a gym ran by my homeboy David. Great dude. And that guy was he he got me in the gym, but this guy was was training like celebrities and stuff and mm-hmm. then he found out that I cooked and we just basically kind of did like this little thing. He trains him, I feed him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we were doing for a while. That's and then sad. I met did I meet? I met a woman that he was training, and come to find out, she was Kanye's stylist at the time, or one of his stylists at the okay. time, or whatever, right? And so I had a meeting with her, and I started delivering food to her. You know, so I'm basically so check this out. Literally, I'm up at six a.m. You know, get to work, do lunch, then go home, prepare meals to drop off to a couple clients, right? <laughs> so during this whole process, she was like. I style for Kanye. How would you feel about the idea of uh, an introduction? He would love to get some food because, you know, I mean, you got to think about it. At that time, and this is, I think, the, only, the main reason why I think I got the gig was because of this. One, she was she was black. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm black. Mm-hmm. Three, tr- the dude training her, he was black. Kanye's black just kind of wanted to, like, I think it made sense, right? right? And at that time, there probably wasn't, who knows what... 
like outside G Garvin's or who know I don't know who was doing there probably wasn't really a a, a scene for like you know black black chefs, black chefs you know yeah. and so they gave me I got the I was like yeah sure why not so we set up a meeting went to his house you know broke bread for a little bit gave me a little tour of the crib that he was in and it pretty much was basically like I'm up at the crack of dawn even earlier now so I'm up at the crack of dawn make his make his breakfast get it to my homeboy drop it off or I drop it off and then I go to my job mm. get lunch ready get his lunch ready have my homeboy come pick that up mm. and he drops it off then I get off work shop then go home prep his dinner and take it to him wherever he's at and mm. I did that for a little while wow. and, it, and it was cool yeah. hey I'm gonna just say this right now at the end of the day to have to live the posh life yeah is interesting yeah. you know what I'm saying like it's amazing what you can do yeah. straight up like right place right time as well I'm just saying yeah and so and so you know it's a lot of people are like oh man what what I'm just like look relax right. you know what I'm saying like I'm still working I'm at the, the, you know what I'm saying like I'm still cooking <laughs> blah 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 I did not leave my job yeah. or none of that you know what I'm saying I'm riding a bike I, like no like you know it was just basically brother thought I was cool he was cool. Yeah. We worked out a deal, found out what he liked to eat, found out what he ate on the road, and I just did my best to like make food for him That's that was that, that was somewhat healthy. Yeah. Compared to what he was eating on the road. And so this way he, you know, if he's buried in the, he stays in the studio for 12 hours, at least he'll stay in there and Absolutely. he'll eat right because look, if you have friends that are like actual like real musicians like yeah. like musicians musicians you already know how they are the right trash diets they uh, bury themselves in the studio and they don't yeah. go nowhere so it's just like and that's pretty much what it is then I it's mean, especially on tour absolutely yeah. and you said i mean and you said you said i connect that to you talking about the personal trainer and the diet right and that connection is so important because as we know like you can train all you want to but if your diet is still trash you, right. you're not doing enough sit-ups to put down Big Macs every day. Shout out to Paul McCoy, <laughs> my homeboy Paul McCoy. Man, my man, he kept me, helped me in the clutch. He was my dry. He was the uh, he was the other trainer at that gym, but he did the deliveries. Real friends. Real friends, Real like friends. straight up. <laughs> Shout out to Manny, my mama Manny. That's my, that's my homeboy. That was his dog, a mastiff. You were on a couple of different shows cooking. Yeah. So the crazy thing is. My last couple of years in LA, a friend of mine ran like this little catering company and got picked up to do Cirque du Soleil, right? Mm -hmm. That comes that come to LA every year. Got picked up and I was like, yeah, I'll do that job, it'll be fun. Yeah. Cooking they, for Cirque du Soleil? Or like performing. for the performers. Okay. That's no, no, oh, definitely not performing. <laughs> I was like, wait we a would not, Sorry, I love y'all and everything, but I would be on the trampoline right now practicing. Listen, this like, would definitely be a web call. Listen. This would not, okay, listen. I'll be in my little Doing my bouncing up and down, doing the questions and answers. We're about so. to say, stop right there. <laughs> Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> I didn't read about that one. <laughs> yeah, so Cirque du Soleil came to Seattle. You know, they come. They, they pretty yeah. much, you know how they, they come, right? Around, yeah. So yeah, yeah. My homegirl got the juice company. You know, they they picked her up. So we would prepare food for the performers and for the VIPs that come to to see the shows. Yeah. So pretty easy go up Inglewood we had the Coliseum blah 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 you know show up do our job and then the manager that was overseeing it basically offered me an opportunity to travel with them on their new tour and I was like wow. Hicks 
Yes, because I, I wanted to travel. I wanted to cook. Exactly. I'm here, I'm here with it. I'm, I'm following. following. I'm following. Ultimate job, right? Yes. Ultimate job. Yeah. Like the ultimate job to like be gone. You're on the road for probably two years, like minimum, right? And I'm like, all right, cool. So what we got to do? Well, we we will start in Seattle. Meet up in we'll meet up in Seattle and we'll go from there. I'm like, sweet. I pack up all my stuff. I end my LA, my time in LA. And I'm like, you know, I was kind of like, at that time, I was like, you know, what am I doing? Am I going to stay in LA, become an LA resident? Or am I, what am I doing? And, but this just took me back home. Yeah. So I come back home. They come, they show up, we meet up, we have a conversation. And I didn't get the job because they ended up basically cutting a good chunk of their tour because at that time, that's when the economy was tanking. Oh, you know what I mean? So I ended, up, I ended up coming back. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm back in Seattle and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I work. I find a really great restaurant, which really helped me focus on my food. Mm. A couple years down the road, I decided to take a year off, travel went all through Western Europe, just kicked it. It was nice. It was what I needed. Learned a lot about food, came right. back. And then pretty much, you know, got a couple opportunities to do a couple TV things, you know, through, through my one through my job, one through my job, and then that opportunity got me another opportunity. So it was a, both of, both times were fun. Yeah, I will say that if I ever had the opportunity to do food journalism, like, but a little more in depth, like what I did with Vice, yeah. I would so do it. Yeah, you know, are you more of a are you so? I've seen. You do some stuff for Vice. I've seen you do stuff for Munchies. Are you more, is the YouTube, like, Vice thing, is that more your speed rather than television, or? I don't, you know, the thing is, I've never attempted it to, to approach television at all. Like, okay. that was just a thing where the competition, I got on because my friend, basically best friend, his schedule didn't work out. Yeah. And so I, they told me, so I went and applied, and I got on the show. I, you know, got passed, made it to the, made it to the twenty fourth, and you know, you guys saw, everybody saw it from there. Yeah. Made it to the semis. I was cool, it was fun, had a good time. I'm like going back to work, cool. Yeah. But the producers from that show thought I was cool enough, and that's how I got the gig through Vice to do the Munchies gig. Yeah, which was and, dope. Which was dope. Super dope. Which you know, I was nervous as heck because yeah. it's like the first two days we're in Seattle. We're at the Pike Place Market, yeah. and it's bad enough people already. So you know, I'm already you know dealing with the, the the whole craze from the show, right? Yeah. Which is not even. As a matter of fact, during we're shooting this during the time that the taste is out. So mind you, so the craze is like, yeah, that's roughly that's, right. Right, that's just about right. And so you know, it's just like weird, and they're trying to deal with the whole process of like, okay, camera right here camera right here yeah. camera right behind me <laughs> and I'm like trying to talk and like trying to get into it, it was hard the first couple of days because I was just like Dang. and then once I got once I think when we got out of the city I got really more comfortable with it because you were all over Washington yeah we did like a nice little road trip yeah. we kind of started in Pike Place worked our way up north got up to Everett Anacortes and then cut across Took the ferry, went to some islands, through the San Juan Islands, and came all the way back around. Ended up in Longview. Yeah. You know, then we're back in Seattle, right? That was a great. That was a nice little circle. I had never done any of that. Wow. Everything I had done, I had done on there was 
new except for you know of course eating that ivers and just driving so... and whatever but all the other stuff the skiing the trying the meat the gooey yeah. duck like all that stuff lutefis like that's all yeah. new and hosting a show brand spanking new never had done that shout out to my homeboy duncan may he rest in peace so when we shot this the producer of this show duncan mm. you know we had a team of five we basically just became friends for those 14 days you know what i mean mm. and duncan did a lot to 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 help me like get comfortable so there wasn't like there wasn't anybody i was like you know like i wasn't like honing in on it i, I was just basically just taking the advice from d and just be like run it and just go with it you know because he knew and i knew that this is the first time for Munchies to do to have someone of color host a show. It's the very first, right? Nice. So Vice was also trying to figure out there how this is gonna. They had no idea how this was gonna pan out. Mm -hmm. No clue, you know. So he was just like, "We don't want to make the show look like the rest of the other ones as a host. Mm -hmm. So just go out there and just you know and handle that." And I just kind of just felt like you know, even though I'm the host of the show. I'm gonna act like a host, but not act like a host. I wanna try to feel like I'm like in the house. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's the host means I don't dominate the show. Mm -hmm. The guest dominates the show. Right. And then you just know when to like organically, I just knew when it was time to throw a punchline in. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm not planning a punchline. I'm not, you know, changing up my demeanor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just kept it like cuz there no there's no cuz the thing is if you sit here and try to go through this whole process of trying to change your whole demeanor, then then it gets difficult. Right, yeah. That's right? not my man. And that's why I'm like, come on. Yeah. That's not That's not it. That's not what it, it should be. You know, yeah. it should be leave it as organic as possible and just realize, don't act like your life is going to be over because you did this. Yeah. You know, like for me, I was just nervous just to see what Castro just going to think about me, you know, just being on camera. Yeah. But seriously, like Duncan, man, I love him, man. Like straight up. Like, he killed that. Y'all killed he, that. He, he, Man, oh man, that it's just a weird full weird circle about that whole the whole project. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I had a good time. I seriously want to do it again. Like I really wish I was so surprised. I mean seriously that I mean more than anything, I was actually by the time we got to day three, cause they shot they we posted an episode, of course, when did they post them? the week of my birthday so they post day one on my birthday wow so mind you i had so many other plans like i was planning like to do other stuff they yeah. just they kept on holding back holding back holding back on the day holding back on the day and i think they knew my birthday was going to be on and they said <laughs> that and they did that Happy birthday. so by the time we got to day three i looked at the, i kind of looked at the views but my friends were like man you should look at the views man people are like bugging bro i'm just uh, like hey, man people are always bugging that they like something you yeah. know but i was really shocked that people actually really was digging it yeah like man. all the way through that shit was amazing you no know? like so that i was like was okay dope. all right so what's up well what, 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 what you know like you know and then that was it wow so i really you know i want the opportunity to get at it like yeah i don't know what that's gonna take yeah. even maybe it's not even going through vice maybe it's just me 
create my own content called feed the people like seriously right you know what i'm saying like because that's literally all it was exactly trust me i know you're here i know i see you over there <laughs> i see you over there hmm. okay um, all right we'll marinate on that yeah <laughs> speaking of feed the people yes sir it's an origin story feed the people I have no, I'm trying to remember where I was or what I was doing. I still don't remember. All I know, somebody told me, man, T-Man, you always feed the people. And you know, I didn't pay no mind for a minute or so, you know what I mean? And I was like, like, yeah, I, I know. I mean, a lot of, I mean, that's our job, right? Like, you know what I mean? But the more, I thought about it the more I thought about it from a community standpoint mm. not a city or culinary profession in the restaurant industry standpoint mm. I was looking at it from Columbia City mm. Central District Hillman City you know what I'm saying people friends like right. and that's where it kind of like really just that's where that tagline pretty much stuck with me you know and because the thing is people do know like that's pretty much that's that is that's what i do right. like right. i seriously that is really what i do like i trust me i have other little skill sets right and i've dabbled in those and those are fun and i can do that definitely got the cut and cloth of pops yeah you know what i'm saying yeah but yeah the goal was just i i just you know that that tagline just stuck with me and now it's funny how very relevant i guess i could say is that yeah. that's what i want to say like this tagline is now like it's yeah. so like don't even look at the don't even look at the image on here just think about i think people are really realizing like how much feeding is needed and not only through food mm. but through healing through knowledge through through knowledge yeah you know what i'm saying and yeah. uh, and, and that's feed the people and that's why you know like this, this and, and this is so funny this is where people i want people to wear this and you see me i really want them to wear that because <laughs> when you wear this you're wearing this not because of me you're wearing this because you know you are paying you're playing a role in feeding the people absolutely you know even if it's not even a, even if it's you're buying it because you're doing it for me because you know i'm out there feeding the people right i'll take that Absolutely. I'll take that. But it's great. You know, seriously, it's been great. And, you know, we just, I want people to take that tagline and put it in their own perspective how they wanted to see yeah. that tagline. What came first? The chicken or the egg? Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I guess I need to clarify this. Yeah. Like, really clarify. I come from a family that were music was always played there was never a day that music was always played mm. there was music always on always and of course i got into cooking and a lot of my friends were djs mm. huge fan okay i always music plays a vital role in how i go through the day for cooking yeah, I can play a little bit, but you know, I leave that to the professionals. Yeah. But the 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 the, the name of the, the tagline, a DJ and a cook, the company name now, yeah. is 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 for the two loves that I have. 
the two and the respect that I have for both. Absolutely. You know, and the thing is, they go hand in hand in my life. Mm-hmm. Those two, uh, yeah, they're, I'm gonna always have those two with me. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, hey, shout out to all the dope DJs out there. Yeah. There's a lot of y'all out there. Yeah. Give me the nicknames. Okay, nicknames. I did not. AKA. Have... Okay, Tarek Abdullah, right? Tarek is my middle name. My first name is Mubarak Tarek Abdullah. So Tarek is my middle name. Okay. I go by the Spice Man. Everyone knows that because I am the Spice Guy. AKA. AKA Cooker T. AKA CTW. Cooker T Washington. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the kids love. It's funny. Whenever I tell kids my nickname is. Cooker T, because I only tell the kids that they can call me that, right? They giggle or laugh their tail off. So that is a good sign of saying, like, that's a nice name to have. Absolutely. It's a great name to have. It's a great nickname. (laughs) Cooker T, you know what I'm saying? Yo, Cooker T, what's up? Like, not Cooker. No, it's it's Cooker. You know what I'm saying? Cooker, E-R on the end of that with a capital T dot. Bam, bam. A hard, not a hard E-R, just an E-R. That's an E-R. You know what I'm saying? Car, not Cooker T. No, just an E-R. You know? Morning Star. Morning Star. Ooh. I get back when I moved back from LA of course I'm, I was living out in the U district at the time and I finally after I you know goes I'm with Serafina and everything I moved before I finished my time at Serafina I moved down here and when I moved back down here I noticed like a couple of things I was like man Columbia City's jumping you know Geraldine's is just like packed to the nines and I was just like okay Nobody is doing brunch in Hillman City. Mm-hmm. I am going to clean up. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. I said, I'm going to clean up, right? Yeah. I got me and the owner, a Tin Umbrella, Joya Iverson. She, you know, it was her one year anniversary, and I approached her about doing a pop up. Like, having breakfast items she was like yeah i set up two six foot tables right outside of the coffee shop handful of butane burners some plates you know maybe a little mise en place and and literally me cooking and whoever i could get my hands on were run the square shoot there were some days there were a couple times where i just did it by myself for like the first hour cooking and collecting i did a hundred and over a little over a hundred people the first wow on the first one and I knew alright that's that's there's a start right yeah there's a start yeah damn that's crazy that's crazy and like it, I went from a table to basically packing houses yeah and there were so many days of just doing nothing too <laughs> you know there was a lot of brunch some brunches where it's just like yeah eight people show up but then I realized, oh yeah, it's football. Right. Right. The game's on. <laughs> right. Or the marketing was off. But yeah, when we were jamming though, yeah. we were jamming. That's what's up. As we wrap up, talk about how that transitioned into Midnight Mecca and Black and Tan Hall. <laughs> so I pretty much like you know, I, you know, I am the pop up guy. 
you know everyone knows that knows me as the pop-up guy i pretty much have done different versions of the pop-up you know brunch late night you know fine dining i've done it pretty much every version you could think of on the sun so <laughs> Wait, so is that another nickname, Pop-Up Guy? Pop-Up pop guy. guy, I am yeah. the Pop-Up Guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's another one. But no, during this whole process, I met, you know, I ran, you know, of course, Ben, Hunter, and I were already off and on working together at the collaboratory. Mm -hmm. And I had met Rodney, you know, from hanging out at the collaboratory, coming by, this and that. When he had came by and told us about the building, we were like, whoa, this is crazy, damn. You know, Basically, when this when Black and Town Hall like kind of came into fruition, people people want to know kind of like how it happened, but it was kind of like the window was like this much. Right. Like we didn't really have a lot of time. Who knows? Anybody could jump on that. Like right. that's a big building. Oh, yeah. did a lot of things. So we had to like literally. It was like okay, everybody's just rent. You know, Ben is just scrambling and whatever he can to get together right i mean we, all three of us we play our roles of what how we're going to be responsible for putting Absolutely. this thing together right and so we just rallied with together and got our friends got some friends together pretty much say hey this is what we want this is this is the vision this is what we want to do and you know we've been working on it you know and it's one of those kind of projects where you know it does take time if we're wanting to make it be what it, what it needs to be. It can't be something that's overnight. So during this process, while the Black and Town Hall is forming, I decided to start my uh, dining experience, the mm -hmm. pop-up. Mm -hmm. Like I could have, I, you know, I, I could have brought Morningstar back, but it was kind of weird. I was just like, no, I don't want, we retired Morningstar, so I don't want to bring it back. So I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna do dinner. So now I do Midnight Mecca, mm -hmm. which is like, a, which is an upscale, anywhere from five, six, seven course dining experience that we do every roughly third weekend of each month. Nice. We change the location, we change the theme each month. That's roughly 25, 30 guests. You don't get any information until the night before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get to look at the menu, but you have no idea what you're getting into. Um, yeah. So you have no idea if you're going to that. The physical address you're going to might not even be the address. You might be going there and getting picked up, go around the corner. So we constantly give folks surprises each dinner. Yes, I gotta get my coins up. I'm, it's all right. I'm we got. I'm saving there's, my coins. There's, there's, there will be Mecca Midnight, which will basically be the. The basically the the, the 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 hangout version of the dinners so small okay. bites you know yeah. you know everything's like 10 12 dollars and under okay you know i'm there I'm, that's my and hopefully that's me. We're gonna be a, yeah and we'll be down here but yeah. we'll be down here so this way i get to see my friends there. i'm already there but i get my bills are still getting paid yeah i'm already there i'm already you know there. what i'm saying yeah. and then hopefully one day the homies will just you know save their money up for December, and instead yeah. of getting a lady something for actually Christmas, yeah, just take it to a nice take dinner. Take it to the Mecca, and we'll there, just give you the whole thing. Hey, you know there what I mean? Is. Like, hey, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. No, I, I, I love it. I love seeing everything. Um, and exactly, stress. And then I just, I love seeing how all of it comes together. I love seeing the way that you're connected with the Damon Bomars. And the, the that brown girl cooks Christy Brown and all that connected is is super dope, super duper dope. How can the folks who are listening to this podcast support 
this mission that you started years ago to feed the people, mm-hmm. travel, cook, mm-hmm. and teach the kids? First off, you need to go ahead and give me that billion dollars that I really do need. Make no. all checks out to Make all checks out to Pop Up Guy. That's Cooker T. Cooker T C T W. That's right. Yes. Find me cheftarik.com. IG Tarik dot Abdullah or Midnight Mecca on IG. Same with the Facebook, same name. Absolutely. DJ and a cook. If you want to get the t shirt or a hoodie. Feed Holler at your boy. Feed hey, the people. Feed the- that's Thank good. you. Oh, man, yes, that's good. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's good. Yes. That was good. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. All, All right. right. All right. If you liked what you heard, be sure to donate so we can keep going. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. So be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. You have no idea how much it helps. We also want to know what you think. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can even use the hashtag NoBlueprint. And if you're really down with the movement, you can join our Patreon account and become a patron, where you'll get exclusive content and limited edition merchandise. No Blueprint is powered by Ambassador Stories. We share stories of the people, places, and spaces that bring soul to our communities. No Blueprint is recorded at Ambassador Stories Studios and co-produced with me, Maya Aina. Hear more episodes of No Blueprint and get official No Blueprint merchandise at noblueprintpodcast.com.